Wait, when was weren't we gonna? Oh, okay. No, never mind. Go ahead. Hello, and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and hard-boiled eggs. My name is Bob. My name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. But first, we're going to talk about what I would consider one of the worst kind of eggs, hard-boiled. Matt, I understand that you are an apologist. Yeah. <laughs> I like them a lot. They're really? really good. I think there's an art to them is that this I really appreciate. Is a lifelong love? No, it's more recent. I mean, I've always like been fine with them, but more recently, I just there's something that's like very satisfying about the act of making them, of hard boiling the eggs. Isn't it just putting the egg in water? Yeah, but like, do you put it? Okay, how do you make hard boiled eggs? Tell me right I now. I never do because they are bad. When have you had hard boiled eggs? Many times in the past that taught me they were bad. Who made them? People at camp. What camp was this? <laughs> Boy Scout camp. You were a Boy Scout? I'm an Eagle Scout. No. We've talked about this. I don't think we have. I am. You're a, you're an Eagle I Scout? I was the youngest Eagle Scout in oh, my man. troop history. I never made it I was 14. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was an all-star. Didn't you, don't you have to, at some point, write like an, a very religious essay? <laughs> no. Oh, I had a friend who had to write like a very long form that was just a personal choice. The- that wasn't part of the actual yeah. <laughs> theologically rigorous yeah. statement. What about the tattoo? What kind of tattoo did they make you uh, get? It's like a cool snake, but it's also okay. it's got a lot of merit badges pinned to it. A snake? Yeah. Interesting. Pretty neat. It wraps around yeah. my whole torso. Yeah, pretty homoerotic. I wear it like a sash. <laughs> um, yeah, they would. so sometimes we'd make eggs because they're portable. Snake eggs? Uh no, that'd be cool though. Yeah, no, they are portable, and that's one of the things I like about them. So you just like right now, how time. many how many hard boiled eggs do you have in your pockets at this moment? Don't lie, I see you thinking about lying. I have zero. I have two in my refrigerator, which I could easily get up and place in my pockets, and they would keep for about a week. <laughs> have you done any research into that? Is that actually the half life? Yeah, I believe that. They can keep for about about a week or so. Like you could just leave them. You could just have them stashed around your home. You could just find them in the morning yeah. and eat them for gains. Which is essentially what I do every Easter. I hide a bunch of eggs around my home. Yeah. And I get really drunk, <laughs> black out, forget where I hid them all, and I have one week to find them. Wow. That is thrilling. Yeah. Are you the rabbit? I'm both the rabbit and the searcher. <laughs> The Rabbit and the Searcher is not a bad name for this podcast. No, it's a really good name for this are podcast. Are you the rabbit or are you are you the searcher? Come friends, let us go on a <laughs> metaphysical journey. Um all right. Well, I'm uh, no, glad just, that you're getting protein. Oh, I think I think hard-boiled eggs are just like I there's a lot you can do with them and I think that like what making is there, them It seems like all that you can do with them is eat them or have them not being eaten. Like I, I can't. Well, yeah, see that's how you. What, what do you do with regular eggs? You I don't either know. eat you them can, or you don't. You can mix them into a number of things. You can put them on top of other things. They have yeah. a lot of options. The hard boiled like, egg is just. Don't a get me ball. wrong. I like other eggs, but it's simple. It tastes good. It requires very little work. <laughs> I see why you like them. But now. there's still an art to it. Is there? I mean, it's just a timing game. No, it's really not. 
again, how do you you don't know how to make gargoyle eggs? I just put them in the water. I'll do you bet put, you. Okay, but but whoa, whoa. do you put them in the water while the water is boiling, or do you put them in while the water is cold? I would put it in while the water is boiling. You're wrong. Are you trying oh, to trick it? Oh, you're so it? wrong. You're, you're tricking the frog into dying in the in the pot. No, 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 no. You put it in when the water is cold, and then when it boils, that's when you turn it off. This seems like a recipe for a runny hard-boiled egg. Oh, that would be called a soft-boiled egg. Okay. I'm still talking about hard-boiled I eggs. I don't know if you are anymore. I am, but you clearly don't have any experience with this. You are not hard-boiled egg literate, so I don't see how you could critique my methods. I guess that's a good point. I'll let you make your bad eggs however you want. Anyway, have you had uh, any eggs in Monster Hunter that you've hard-boiled? Uh, no, though it sounds honestly like the steak cooking game in Monster Hunter is basically like making a hard-boiled egg. Yeah, I do play music, and then when the song is done, like, it's time! I have a very arcane way of hard-boiling my eggs. Um, yeah, so we've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter. A lot of Monster Hunter. No, actually, I've been I playing a back. lot of Monster Hunter. I've been, I played a lot of Monster Hunter, but not a lot of Monster yeah, Hunter. Yeah, I guess that's true. You've played a lot. I've played a little bit more than you, I think. Can we talk about hours, or are you not comfortable doing that on this podcast? Oh, I know I'd, you have some shame about that. Yeah, I do have shame, but I'd be happy to do it. I actually don't know how long it has been. Oh, because it lists it right there when you log in. Oh, does it? Yes, which uh, is why... I, never, I just clicked through that screen so quickly. Just a, a little recap. I just played at least 40 minutes of Monster Hunter, and then when it, I quit, it asked me if I wanted to save, and I accidentally clicked no, and I was looking at my time being like, am I 40 minutes ahead of where I was? Or 40 minutes behind? Because I'm right at the nine-hour mark. Okay. I'm probably around 10 then, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I'm really liking that game, and we're going to talk more about worth it. Worth noting, I think that the game, if you quit out to the menu, I think that the game keeps running in the background and racks up that oh, time. Oh, okay. So it's probably inaccurate no matter what. Yeah. So, great. But it would tell us about basically how much time we spent on the out in the PlayStation menu while our hard-boiled eggs are boiling in the background and I time all my hard-boiled eggs based on my Monster Hunter gameplay clock. Yeah. Um uh so we're going to talk, we gonna about, talk Monster about Monster Hunter. Hunter right now. Not right now. We're not. Okay. We're going to come back Why, to do you it. Have something else. I have the news. I'm oh, the news editor. News hour. All right, let's go. Here we go. First item. Fortnite is the biggest game in the world. Uh, popular rap artist and former child star Drake played Fortnite on Twitch with a man named Tyler Ninja Blevins. Yeah, Tyler Ninja Blevins is like a famous streamer for yeah, Fortnite. He apparently pulls down like half a million dollars a week or something crazy. Oh, it's it it actually talk about an existential crisis. Yeah, dude, we should have just died. This our man hair. could fund if 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 like the U.S. government were just like. What if we started a Fortnite channel? We could erase our national debt in a matter of months. I'm not kidding. I'm not do the math. I mean, I do the math. Do it right now. Are they good though? Do you want to do? You <laughs> There's got to be someone within the U.S. government who is good at Fortnite. Yeah. There's got to be at least one person. at the high levels. You're saying like cabinet level position. Yeah. John Kelly. They might not know it yet. Headshots. Yeah, they might not know that they're good yet. But one of them has to have natural talent. Just the odds. Yeah, their reflexes are probably pretty strong. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to get to actually something related to the U.S. government later in this news hour. But right now, we're going to finish talking about how Fortnite, a game that I think is fine, uh, is enormous, much improved. That's what they say. So Drake uh, did this stream with Ninja. 
and together they got 630,000 concurrent viewers, which is a new record for Twitch, the streaming platform where they played it. Uh, Drake has been playing Fortnite by his own admission for a few months. I have a quick question that you might not know the answer to. Okay. Were they playing in the same space or were they both? Does Drake basically, my question is, does Drake have like a YouTube gamer setup? Oh, I in do his not, home office. I do not know. They did not like show up together. Wait, better but question. I assume he had a gamer does, setup. Does Drake have a home office? And does Definitely. he call it his home office? Yes. I like the idea that he has like one of those leather chairs that you get at like a office max that's marketed as the executive chair. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits in this like kind of saggy chair, fires up his Pentium 2. <laughs> um Yeah, so Drake is a very popular person. PUBG is everywhere, man. It feels like everywhere. PUBG you or look, Fortnite? Sorry. Please. Fortnite. We're professionals. We are pub professionals. Uh <laughs> so yeah, actually, I guess I'm actually shocked that Fortnite is as big as it is. I guess it makes sense because it has a lot of the charm of PUBG, but is free. Plus um, I'd say to a degree extra charm. Yeah. Depending on what you prefer. I guess when I say charm, I mean the tooth crunching tension. Uh, but yeah, there's an element of Fortnite where if my I saw my kid playing it, I'd be like, "This seems okay." Whereas there's if I watch my kid play PUBG for too long, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this is not good for your no. This is not appropriate. Mind. This is inappropriate." And it, like the kid is 28 years old, and I take it away. Speaking of kids, I'm going to read you a headline from the past week about Fortnite that I think demonstrates both the scope of Fortnite uh, as a cultural thing and also how dumb the world is. This was on GameStop. Uh, GameSpot on their website. <laughs> GameStop. GameStop.com. This is on GameSpot.com. Fortnite colon NBA star almost eliminated when one-year-old daughter interrupts. <laughs> Entirety of headline. A dude Wait, almost... did, did his one-year-old daughter swat him? Is that <laughs> <why>? <laughs> Playing I against wish. one-year-old daughter. I just love the idea It's that this is a total non-issue because he didn't get eliminated. I assume he got eliminated later in the match. Nothing happened here, but it is a news story because anything with Fortnite in the title probably does pretty well on clicks. Uh, Roseanne Barr tweeted about Fortnite. Really? Yeah, we're living in a hell, man. I but what did, she, what did she tweet? Everything that matters about this is like... Is I think she said she likes Fortnite. Everyone likes Fortnite. Okay, this is the first time when I would 100% like get into a celebrity stream of Fortnite. Drake, <laughs> whatever. Uh, fine. Like his mu- some of his music's really good. Yeah, some, some of his music of it, is excellent. Some of it is mind-bogglingly good. Other parts like, you know, not, take not as good. It. Yeah. Roseanne Barr on the other hand, fucking hate her politics, but I would 100% watch her stream play Fortnite. Fortnite. Yes. If she was just like savage at it. She could be silent the whole time, <laughs> but just like the novelty of knowing that she is actually engaging this. I, I'm being serious, actually, when I say that, like, this is the first time that the idea of a celebrity playing a video game has actually appealed to me. All right. Modern Warfare 2 is getting remastered. Are you excited? No. Just wait. Are you excited? No. Why not? 
Because we already have Modern Warfare 1, and that's a superior one. I disagree in the multiplayer category. Oh, fair. But hey, fair, I got news for you, sucker. Did they remove no Russian? There is no multiplayer in this remaster. <laughs> fuck? <laughs> it is just the single-player portion of Modern Warfare 2. Like, just no Russian. For super fans, we have extended no Russian. <laughs> that's totally what this reads like. Is just, okay, then why are you doing this? Um, so they're doing this and it will be cheaper, uh, presumably to make up for the lack of the part you wanted to play. <laughs> so for $25, you can play the very good, but definitely not the main draw of the game portions of Modern Warfare 2. Do you remember the story of the campaign Modern Warfare 2? I think it, w- was that the one that like came to America? Like you? Yes. I think that like. Korea? North Korea, rather? Maybe. South Korea invades <laughs> America with K-pop. <laughs> um, no, I remember... All I remember about the ending is that you throw a knife into a dude's jugular in yes. like a slow motion yes. kind of like uh, RE4 quick time event, and it was featured recently in the like Donald Trump's most violent moments Yeah, so they're bringing that history. back. All right, but in higher def? Yes, the highest of defs. Lowest uh, def? Anyways, I just wanted to point out that these people are idiots because they are taking out the who's, parts I who's want. Who's doing this? Is it I the Modern Infinity Ward? I doubt it. Okay, yeah, then no, they're idiots. The, <laughs> clearly. They're idiots. Uh, the Switch is the best-selling console in its first year in America ever. Really? Yes. That's really cool. It is. Uh, that makes me feel good. They don't break out sales by country, um, but they're saying that it sold close to 15 million units worldwide at this point. My question for you is, do we think this is a bubble in the Wii sense? Do we think that like oh. the Wii burned very brightly and then kind of fizz- fizzled You know, at a certain point? like By the end of the Wii's life cycle, it was not doing very well, even though it had been up until that point like the best-selling console ever. Um, do we think that the Switch is headed for a similar path? So I think that this is a very... I, I think you asked a very good question that requires a more nuanced answer than the question necessarily allows. Is it a bubble? A hundred percent. Is it as big of a bubble as the, as the Wii? I don't think so in part because I think that the, and there's been like some writing about this recently, the difference between the Xbox one and the PS4 and the switch in processor power is actually not as significant as a lot of people initially Mm -hmm. said. The real question is going to be the size of the carts Oh, that's kind of an interesting approach and to it. And the fact that 32 gig carts are going to be more expensive. So we can, I mean, we're already seeing games that like are not significantly different between the Switch and the current generation, mm-hmm. depending if you count Pro or 1X or whatever it is as like current or not. But um, I think that there's 100%, there's always a bubble. There's got to be a bubble because it's inflated. It was inflated in part by the fact that there was such madness about trying to get a copy or getting a Switch when it first came out. Yeah. But I don't think that the bubble is going to be like the Wii because I don't think that this is as behind the times. And I also think that indie game culture has grown so significantly in a way that if the Switch embraces that while also being able to avoid shovelware issues, um, which the Wii had and which... The Xbox 360 RIP, the live art, the the arcade. Yeah. When you used to be able to find like, well, I can't remember what it was called. 
Temple of Doglarak? Yeah, but what was it called in the arcade? Like the indie arcade. Uh, yeah. The, the indie, indie arcade. arcade used to like it could like push all of its shovelware towards there. I think that if the Switch manages to walk that fine line, I think we're in a good place. I think Nintendo is overall in a good place, and I think those thirty-two gig carts, maybe they'll sell for like seventy bucks instead of sixty, and for a lot of games. Um, once the reviews come in and like if you pay attention to Digital Foundry and I think that you make good decisions about which version you buy, totally down. So I think that those are all great points and I think that the idea that cartridge costs will kill the Switch um, makes sense if we lived in an era before digital downloads. But what I actually think is that the size of games is about to stop mattering. That's entirely. an excellent pur- uh, That's an excellent point. I was gonna say that's an excellent purpose. It's an excellent porpoise. Porpoise. No one ever goes anywhere without a porpoise. Yeah, you got to bring him with you. It's hard. You have to bring a trailer. Not if you're bed. a fish. Um. You ever try to hard boil a porpoise egg? <laughs> Mammals. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> It's much more difficult to get out of their eggs. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> you really, it usually kills the porpoise. I actually saw a bunch of porpoises just recently when I was down in Florida. Really? Yeah, Not they're dolphins. really beautiful. No, you can tell that they're porpoises. Because you can talk to them? <laughs> I have a special ability. Yeah, you have the gift. Um, oh, God, what were we talking about? Uh, I think that one of the problems with the Switch, certainly, is the memory storage on the actual... Uh, unit as you buy it and so I'm really hopeful that for the life of the Switch because I can imagine a lot of people buying this thing just being like I don't feel like changing the card fair enough and I hope that they put out like a anything larger than what does it have like currently like 28 gig memory I don't know I've downloaded everything and I haven't run out of space at the same time I think that the cost of those memory cards is only going to decrease that's over that's the very length true. of the Switch's life. But you, you also have to factor in the fact that like a lot of people just don't necessarily feel like changing the memory cards on their Switch and Possible. or don't feel like Googling it or looking it up. And because Nintendos tend to be casual consoles, like a kid maybe I don't know, maybe kids will be so savvy at that point that a kid knows like, Hey mom, get me this on Amazon and I will just up but who knows? Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Speaking of video game consoles that imploded, the Atari box has a name. What is the Atari box? The Atari box is an Ouya. Wait, Ouya has come back? No. Oh. It is conceptually identical to an Ouya, though. It I is d- this like little box with an AMD processor that looks kind of like an old Atari, has some wood paneling on it, and it's going to come to you with uh, a bunch of Atari games preloaded on it. It's called the Atari VCS. And they're trying to get developers to make new games for it. I think it's going to be a box that four people buy to run pirated games. Oh my God, I want to I want to see the new games. It looks I love really this. cool. I love this idea in concept. I think this is a brilliant idea in concept. I mean, it's just like I a- would never back it. I would never financially be involved in this in any way. But as like a, a performance art piece, <laughs> I'm behind this. It looks cool. 
It looks really oh, I'm, neat. I'm sure. I'm sure it would. I'm sure that they have really good people who really care about Atari games, and rightfully so. I don't know about that. I, I I don't actually. I'm not talking about the game portion of it. No, I'm saying the physically, are, the box looks pe- cool. People who are nostalgic for this era and have good design sense. Yeah, potentially. It looks very modern. Uh, the controller that they've shown is cool because you know the old Atari joystick had the single red button on it yes. in the upper right. I mean, upper left corner. Yeah. So the console controller they have is like a modern controller but it's all black and then the leftmost joystick is red so it looks like the button oh so it looks sick so i kind of want that controller just as a bluetooth controller and i don't want to have anything else to do with this so ooh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) last item bringing us back around to government spending the U.S. Navy has a new sub, and it's got a games connection. Uh, the USS Colorado weighs 7,800 tons, and it relies on an Xbox 360 controller. Um, 360? So the Navy previously... They don't have the rumbles, then. No, they do have the rumbles. They got the trigger rumbles. They don't have the trigger rumbles. Oh, okay, yeah. No, they don't have the trigger no, rumbles. No, I know. What's, What's the point? The point? Scrap it, begin again. Uh, well, okay. In the past, the government would spend uh, $38,000 on a custom joystick system to control the periscope-type things on new submarines. On this new submarine, they have replaced that $38,000 system with a $50 Xbox 360 controller. <laughs> Could they get Phil Spexer to just send them a few free ones? You'd think that these things would be cheap enough at the Goodwill that they could get a few spares. <laughs> and I assume that in an effort to cut costs, they're like not getting current console controllers. But their argument is quite literally, the sailors know how to use this already. <laughs> Which is awesome. Can you just imagine the issues that would come about, though, when the batteries go out? Right? It uses double A's. Oh, God. Think about it. They just have an entire room stocked with double A batteries. <laughs> You're on a submarine. It's, like, late at night. You suddenly realize, like, the thing is flashing. You're like, I need to get batteries. Where are the batteries? You go to the drawer. There are no batteries. You're not scheduled to surface for four months. <laughs> you s- <laughs> or Worst case scenario... You have a nuke coming right at you. <laughs> you need to get the new batteries in, and you can't w- remember which way is plus <laughs> and which way is minus because you haven't used batteries since 2005. That's a good point, too. Uh, so my question for you, Matt, what controller would you want to use in an attack sub? Probably the Xbox One. Yeah? Yeah. I like that controller a lot. I like it. No, I, I like it a lot. It's one of my favorite modern controllers, the uh, Xbox One itself accepted yeah Um, i think that the xbox one controller the second revision of it i like more than the playstation controller but uh it is saddled with the burden of the xbox one yes exactly um i do i i do i have to say i enjoy the dualshock 4 and i especially enjoy the playstation 4 pros version of the dualshock yeah that new dualshock 4 is very nice yeah related i purchased a playstation 4 pro and you're living that professional lifestyle. I have never felt more professional in my life. <laughs> you go to your home office to play your <laughs> PS4. Um, so you got a PS4 Pro. I did. And you got it uh, so that you could play Monster Hunter. I did. 
And then I got your old PlayStation. You did. And I got it so I could play Monster Hunter. You did? And now we've been playing Monster Hunter. Ooh, I thought you got it so you could finally play The Last of Us. No, I haven't done that yet. Okay. That'll be the last of the things I play. Do you like Monster Hunter at least? I love Monster Hunter. This is Monster Hunter World, the latest entry in the long-running Monster Hunter franchise. From Capcom. So you have been playing it. This is your first Monster Hunter experience. This is my first Mon Hunt. Yes, and I have been Mon Hunting for years, having played it on the 3DS uh, a while ago. And are you enjoying it? Do you love it? It is a good video game. That is not the glowing response I was hoping for. Oh, I mean, what? It's it's going to get zero stars no matter what. <laughs> it's well, we can't deny this is, that. This is the conceit of the show. Yeah. Well, what? You, um, nothing can be perfect. Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Hunter World for the PlayStation Four. I pro pro in my case. Uh, I think that there are things that I really like about this game, and I think it's a I think it's a genuinely a very good game, and there are lots of moments that make me feel. Oh wow, that was really satisfying. There are so many other elements of it that I feel I really it makes me makes me want a different version of this game that is tailor designed for Matt and Okay, so let's just outline what this game is. Monster Hunter is a game where you hunt monsters. Like it is the most accurate description of a thing i have ever seen it's very utilitarian as a title yes and it's totally what happens you enter these different environments in each of those environments there are a bunch of crazy fantastical creatures you are a person who carries some sort of sword or gun or hammer and you fight the monsters which all have very unique attack patterns uh the fights are very long you pursue the monster you track the monster you do all sorts of stuff to find the monster, prepare yourself for a hunt. You go out there, you stalk this thing, you kill it, you cut it up, you turn its body parts into armor, rinse, lather, repeat. Um, And you do this all with a cat sidekick called a palico. And it is possible uh, to play it online with your friends so that you can all band together to take down monsters that would otherwise be more difficult for you to take down or to just more quickly take down monsters that you've already fought. So... Um, a few things that I like, because I think you have a lot more to say on this than I do. I think we'll talk. But a few things that I like. Um, one, I think that a lot of it is is relatively charming, as much as a lot of it is not particularly charming. I think that like a lot of the aesthetics and the design I'm not quite as into as you are. Um, it has kind of like the Lost Boys, Boys and Hook feel where like it's just like we're all scrapping together these random parts of shit that like covers our bodies as as armor. It does um, have a little bit of that. Yeah, and uh, which I'm not as crazy about aesthetically, but I respect fine. I really like the Palicos, the cat creatures. Yeah. This game has an incredible um, character builder as well. Like the character creation system is just very detailed and fun and fun to use. Um, I It is a chunky feeling action game that is extraordinarily satisfying. And there's a lot of interesting details about the world that uh, make it feel like a real ecosystem. If you are, if you are constantly watching, not or 
especially this rewards like maybe not being the person who is actively engaged in the hunt. But if you were watching around, there's always interesting things going on. Like you had pointed it out at a, at, in a hunt recently while I was focusing on taking down the monster that there were a bunch of animals up in the trees who were had scampered up there and seemed to be watching almost like an audience, like like a, the audience at like a play or something like that, like cheering, like kind of cheering on and knowing idea, no idea who they were cheering on. Right. Um, and there's uh, there's like a weird like little dung beetle that I've seen rolling up poop. <laughs> it's yeah. just like very like in these ants that just like scamper from one place or another. Everything feels very interlocked. So I think that that's wonderful. Uh, the things that I don't like as much include um, very subjectively. I find, and I this is this is I don't know how to. I cannot express enough how much this is not a a critique of anybody who likes these games or enjoys hunting in in reality. Whoa! You know, I used to live in Vermont. I understand like the purposes and the benefits, the the ecological benefits of hunting. Uh, I find it very uncomfortable to kill some of these animals. Yeah, in a way that the game clearly intends. Yes. So when you, but so subtly that I'm not sure whether everybody gets it, and it sort of makes me uncomfortable in a way that, like, killing soldiers in Call of Duty doesn't make me uncomfortable. Well, the difference I think is that this game, these fights last a long time. You're wearing down these big animals, and they are like a T-Rex looking thing or something like that, right? But you're fighting it, and at a certain point you will injure these animals uh, and so you'll they'll be hurt and then they'll be kind of limping away and you're just pursuing them and especially when you're with four people, you'll just kind of run up on them. They're limping. They're obviously hurt. They're making this really terrible like screeching noise as they're in excruciating pain and then you and your crew will knock them to the ground and they'll just be lying there unable to get up and you'll all just be hitting them you're the equivalent of a bunch of assholes kicking someone in the stomach while they are down yes and you just keep hitting them yeah uh and eventually they die i feel like just like what we just said should have turned off an enormous amount of this audience. And I get of it. any audience. I get it. Yes, exactly. It, it would have turned me off. Well, and I think it's meant to be disturbing. And I think that part of what makes the game so compelling is that it does feel like a living, breathing place, right? Where, generally speaking, the animals are not aggressive. So you can go into an area, and depending on what monster they are, most of the time they won't, a lot of them won't fight you. They just yeah. kind of are existing in their ecosystem. They might be fighting other monsters. They might have interactions that exist outside of you. Which is which is an incredible thing to witness. Oh, it's crazy. It's really it's it's one of the, the joys of the game is watching other monsters sort of interact, whether you're in the middle of a hunt or just observing. Yeah. It's really cool. And because of that sort of dedication to realism which is a silly thing to say in a game that's about hunting Tyrannosaurus Rexes uh, and dragons and stuff like that. Which is that. actually important. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. But an important thing to note is that like a lot of these are very lizard dinosaur based, which I think is so far, at least in my experience, and it feels very purposeful because you have less of a connection to a non-mammalian. It would there be are, much... The other games, I, we haven't gotten to this point, okay. but there are some mammalian dudes well there are those games. little pigs with the moss on their back yeah. that roam around they're adorable and i just don't i am always afraid of accidentally hurting one <laughs> i have killed because, several of oh, them fuck you uh <laughs> honestly why because you want their armor no what what this game taps into 
is the element of I'm going to use every part of something. And I think that this is the flip side of everything we've been talking about. Uh, so when I am playing this game, it is super screwed up that I am pursuing these animals that did nothing to me and I just run into their house and I chop them up and then I take them home and I turn their body parts into cool armor. <laughs> That's messed up. But my goal in chopping them up is to turn them into armor so that I can go do other stuff. And it's never just, I'm going to kill this thing for the fun and sport of it. Um, and I know that that sounds really silly, but it's but, the only justification I can have for not feeling terrible. But you are playing terrible. the game for the fun and the sport of it. Well, yeah, but they're fake animals, man. Yeah. I mean, I so I understand what you're saying uh, totally. And actually, the game itself, insofar as it has a story, is uh, very insistent on kind of giving you a reason to hunt these animals. And it's usually because they pose some sort of a danger to um, a new camp that's being set up. And the game is actually much is relatively interested in like kind of like the observation of animals and it often tells you to try and capture animals as opposed yeah, to you don't necessarily need to kill you don't them. necessarily need to kill them but you usually need to kill them the first time before you start capturing them i think you can pass any quest by capturing which is impressive certainly i mean this is and so it gives you certain ways out the same way that you can play breath of the wild as a vegetarian which is yeah. something that i did and i take vi- great pride in doing not on master mode, though. <laughs> Got to get um, those proteins for those gains. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, like, the game does give you that. And, but you could also play through the game without killing that poor pig that has moss growing on its back because it moves so Th- There is actually a uh, side quest to kill the pig. But you don't need you don't need to do that. You can complete the game I, I without need to, doing I need that. To do you everything. wanted to do it. You want you because you're a completionist. So you you just need all of the animals' heads on your wall. I need to know so. what it gives me and what how I can use its body parts. Yeah, we're having a silly argument in many ways, especially because in real life you refuse to eat animals in a way that. I mean, I'll eat I'll eat fish. So oh I yeah, I don't really, eat any. Yeah, you don't eat you don't eat. I've never seen I, you I'm eat. I'm actually kind of weirdly pro hunting in the sense that like I think it's cool if you're gonna go actually hunt something and eat it and use its parts and like recognize that killing something should be an equal exchange i think that that's awesome wait how is that an equal exchange um in the sense that if you go somewhere with the express purpose of like i'm going to go get food and i'm going to what is the what is the animal getting out of it that makes it an equal exchange i think it's an equal exchange in the sense that there is something natural to like the order of things like we are physically designed to consume meat on some level like we are evolved to do so yeah totally so i think that there's a natural order to the sense that like human beings are meant to occasionally have meat in their diets but but this is not like you say you say that it's like an equal exchange and it's not like we're shaking hands with the animal and then shooting it in the head (laughs) the animal is like my family will inherit the insurance my life insurance policy and well, you don't know that. But be able yes. to move up <laughs> economically. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I see s- your point. Yeah, I see your point as well. Hey, let's shake hands. Okay. Your family will inherit your life insurance <laughs> policy. Gunshot um, echoes. <laughs> um, I think that, um, yeah, I. Uh, this is this is like the smallest of of quibbles is quibble a word yes it is this is and the I, smallest of quibbles but i think it is game. a big part of the game to feel uncomfortable when they're hurt i agree and it is one of those things though that brings out like 
uh, the part of me where it's like, but I bet no one else notices this. See, <laughs> or I think that people take joy in like watching it limp away. I mean, certainly there's a part of it where you go like, oh wait, they're limping. Like we're close. Yeah. And like I think that part of the interesting thing about the game is it lets me connect to that part of like this thing is so much more powerful than me and I've like brought it down to my character's level and we're going to like we have to get this now because it's weak and this is our opportunity to strike. Uh and so it does k- kind of tap into something that I don't get from other things. So you've brought up the idea that this you, you said this thing is so much more powerful than me. Mhm. And this gets down to one of my biggest issues with the game personally not mm-hmm. because i think it is necessarily bad game design but sometimes i think it's bad game design um i really would prefer this game if i felt as though i don't feel as though it's that much more powerful than me i regularly feel as though it has more health than i do mm. but it doesn't i i would almost prefer a game in which it were slower and a slower game with same animation priority in which both myself and the enemy were kind of like glass cannons, and it was much more about dot. And then this is at this point when I was thinking about this, I realized I was just talking about Dark Souls. Hello, Dark Souls, my old friend. But I kind of want like a the sort of Dark Souls like encounter in this ecosystem, but I want the more disturbing. Strangely, what I think would make it better would be the more disturbing element of being able to actually chop off limbs. In this game, you can remove tails, and as you observed once, we were able, like, an, a monster lost an ear. Not because I was probably aiming at the ear, but... Because you hit it in the head a lot. Because I hit it in the head a lot. I think that you, you know, the average monster in this takes hundreds, a hundred or plus hits to take down. I want something where it is a much slower sort of dance between dodging, guarding, and issuing hits i want something that feels much more realistic i guess because they do feel like sponges they are monsters a feel spongy. like spongy yeah and i mean and and not in the sense that like it is always chunky and it feels good to hit things in a very like frictive way they nail that it's excellent and a lot of the movement in this game is just overall excellent it's a very good action yes. game design but the enemies that you're actually going after feel so spongy that it turns me off and i know that going back sometimes like they're less spongy because you're much more powerful but your first encounter with every enemy is designed to be that they are they are hit sponges and it is a very long protracted engagement that starts to feel extraordinarily repetitive to me although it is rife with lots of interesting things that happen so i think you are correct but also i have played this game with you on the internet in a scenario where we both died several times. So it's not as though the enemies well, are not dangerous. Worth noting, the uh, the difficulty... First of all, we were fighting a T-Rex that was way above our level. We, di- we died to a, the lower level Pookie Pookie. We you did. died. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think you I did didn't. too. I didn't die. I, I died against the T-Rex later. I think I think he might have okay, died. Okay, I'm pretty sure. It was good. Roll tape. I'm pretty sure he died. In any case, uh, it's also worth noting that uh, enemies increase in difficulty significantly when you introduce other people. Well, and at the same time, I do think that there's an element to it where the intent is if you are going up against something initially, it's like get your friends together, you're not ready. And then you reach a level where you are ready and your weapons are at the level where you can deal the sorts of damage but, but to no, make no, no, it but a faster But the game, fight. the game increases the difficulty when you introduce friends. Yeah, but you can still so it take make things it down easier. faster. 
I mean, you can take things down. I don't think you can take things down faster. You can take things down easier because if one of you dies, you just need the other person to, to like, to stay alive so you can catch up. Mm. So I think it makes it easier, but not faster because it literally doubles the hit points. Hmm. What is cool, though, is that when you introduce new people, you can introduce strategy. And that's where I think that the game clearly like shines is when you have a nuanced understanding of different strategies. Like you have one person who's maybe trying to cripple the monster while the other one is is just wailing away. Like, you know, I guess it's like typical like tank there's even healer classes, not healer, but supportive classes in this game. Yeah. And I can imagine the strategy improving, but, um, and that being interesting, but it's very getting to that level of understanding, which brings up a new issue with the game is that it's incredibly difficult to understand. It's very obtuse, but yeah, it's actually, a high learning curve. Another thing that I think kind of plays into the idea that they're spongy is that you are meant to attack different parts of the monster to get different things and so you need time to do that and so if you are trying to construct a new armor right you can actually say i want to add this to my wish list and if you do that it will say okay you need to hunt this enemy for this and then it will say what parts if you have done enough research on the enemy by observing it out in the field it will tell you what parts of the enemy you need to specifically go after to get it to drop the certain items that you need to build the thing. And so there's this sense of, yes, it takes a long time to fight these things. And yes, they take a lot of hits, but that's because you need to hit them a lot in certain spots. Yeah. And this game, this is monster hunter world rewards obsession. And oh, I don't no question. I don't mean that in a pejorative way. At it all. is your world while you play it. Yeah. But the learning curve and the price of entry is so high that, as someone who has become obsessed with video games, certainly Stardew Valley being an excellent example, um, I constantly find myself asking myself whether I'm having fun. And because so many people that I really like and respect, including you and your taste, enjoy this game so much, I keep waiting for it to click. And I believe 100% that it will click. Hmm. But I, I'm at nine hours. I am at the same time being like, how much longer must I toil before it clicks? That's, yeah, I, I'm curious to know if it will click for you if you aren't into it yet. But I have heard people say uh, on other podcasts and stuff that there are, they have had the experience of having played it for like 20 hours and then finally kind of getting it. Oh, I believe, There's, I believe that it could take that long. I, one of the things I can tell from having played other Monster Hunter games is that there is more to unfold mechanics-wise in terms of the upgrade trees and stuff. Oh, I can imagine. That they haven't even shown us yet at where we are. It, What this game really rewards, and the sort of game that it actually is, if you ever have been like looking at a catalog or a magazine or a movie and you go, that person looks cool. I wish I could kind of look like them. And then you go to the store and you go, I'm going to get these shoes because they look like that. This is that game. This is that experience, the official game of the experience, because it is about just the lust of seeing somebody in cool armor and going, man, I want that armor. That looks so cool. And there's an element of stats and an element of mechanics that plays into it. But a lot of it is dress-ups. A lot of it is just, man, that looks so awesome. I can't wait to have my character look like that. And then your character looks like that. And you're so happy because you're just like, oh, I look cool. And it's fun to play because it feels good under the thumbs. And it's just sort of, 
an enjoyable way to pass some time during which you only focus on it and your goal is immediately clear because you're just like, my goal is not necessarily your goal because my goal is to get this set of armor and yours is to get something else. We can work together on that. We can work separately. But I know exactly what I need to do and I can turn my brain off and it's very frictiony. Yeah, you can certainly turn your brain off to a degree when you're playing, which I respect. Um, <laughs> I think that, frankly, the the way that I enjoy this game best so far is a lot like when I listen to Guns N' Roses, <laughs> which is to say that I only do it with you, and I sort of enjoy it by virtue of your excitement. Because the aesthetics of all the armor... None of it really does it for me. But when you get excited about the armor and we're like in the hub world or whatever and you're just like, yeah, this looks so cool. And you're just like, or look, when that one time, which we should talk about shortly, when we were, when our asses were saved by two random dudes who showed up. Yes. Um, Because talk about like dynamic storytelling. But like when you were, when you were like admiring their shit it was a lot like listening to axel rose where i was suddenly like oh i kind of get it yeah like this is fun but when i do it on my own it's just like it's too far from my own aesthetic and interests to necessarily for that to be a driving motivator i rarely care what i look like in any game much less this not that there is a problem with mm-hmm. that because there have been games where i have been very into the aesthetic mm-hmm. and like hardcore into it and that's that's just like everybody's own personal yeah taste and there's there's no way to kind of account for that definitely i think that i'm looking forward actually to seeing what some of the later armor looks like because some of it might be more to my taste well there's always that right and there is such a fun thing about it where you go wow i really need those stats but i hate the way that looks Mm -hmm. uh and i don't think that this game has it but i know to counteract that exact thing in world of warcraft they made it so that you could wear whatever armor you wanted and assign it the stats of other armor which is i don't like that i think that's i think that's cheap and I dumb think it's so and stupid. not cool i agree yeah um you should have to suck it up anyway i do want to say that one of my favorite things about this game was when we played online together and this is we should note this is not something that either you or I do very often. No. In fact, we noted the last time we had played a game online together where we were in separate places but communicating via a headset was Minecraft on the Xbox 360 in yes. 2012. Which I assume they play on the submarines now. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I hope that they, they, they can play it anywhere. It's on every single yes. device ever released. It's on the new Atari. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you it will be. So... uh we teamed up, and it, it actually was relatively easy. I thought it was going to be more complex considering the number of menus in the this game. The interface in this game to do very simplistic things is insane. It's not great. And it's one of those issues that sort of resolves itself with familiarity, and then you forget how bonkers it is. Yeah. And so my recollection going into this was, everybody said that 3DS game was super messed up, but I thought it was fine. And then I opened this up having not played a Monster Hunter game in about two and a half years. And it was like, somebody just said, read Greek right now <laughs> and put a gun in my face. Uh, and it is nuts. Once and this we is finally, the streamlined yeah, one. Yeah, I can only imagine. Once we finally got it figured out, though, we did a quest and it was a lot of fun to play a quest with you. Yeah, that was great. And then we decided to go on an expedition and importantly, we set up this expedition and we had not noticed how many like players we could include. And I think we just went with four. Yeah, we just said four people. And we were just like, what, whatever, we're just going into it. And then and then I got you into it by firing an SOS flare, yes. which is a wide ranging just call for help. 
but I didn't turn it off once Matt joined the mission. So we decided to take down a T-Rex that was way above our pay grade. Yes, so much more powerful than us. Hugely. Just because we were like, let's just have fun with it and like let's push let's push the boundaries. And this thing was whooping us. <laughs> destroying us. Destroying us. us. And at when things looked most dire, <laughs> yes. all of a sudden a man with a giant sword came out of nowhere. And I said, Bob, that's not you. <laughs> and you said, No, it's a third guy. <laughs> And he jumped onto its back and started stabbing, stabbing it. it. And then right when things looked most dire again, a fourth guy showed <laughs> Another up. Another dude showed up. And then they helped us. They captured the creature, so we didn't even kill it. They captured this thing, which meant we got more rewards. Uh, and it was just a really cool experience. And we don't know those people. We'll never see them well, again. Yeah. And it was a ton of fun. It made me realize, like, it was a ton of fun. It made me realize, like, Oh, this is why people like online gaming. I totally understand all of your critiques of this game, and I agree with them in a lot of ways. But man, I sit at work and I daydream about playing it. I don't do this. And I had that exact same experience with the other Monster Hunter, uh, which I, that I played a lot of, which was 3 Ultimate or something like that. Um, I just, I don't know what it is about it. But I really enjoy playing this game and I really enjoy the feeling of hitting things with a huge sword and I really enjoy seeing my character look cooler as a result of it. And I I can't put my finger on what it is other than that it is a pretty unique experience. It is definitely unique. I've never played a game like this before. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it has it's like very a very Japanese. It is very Japanese, but with a hyper complexity of like menu options, like a, a Western PC game. Yes, but with the animation priority and like combat of a of a very fine tuned Japanese action product. game. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very much modern action game design out of Japan. Yeah, uh, and I like it a lot. So outside of Monster Hunter, Matt... Which we'll be revisiting, I assume. Oh, I'm going to be playing yeah, a lot more a lot. Monster Hunter. Yeah. What is something non-video game related that you liked in the last week? I really like... So I saw the movie Call Me By Your Name. Yes. I'd seen it in theaters when it came out, and I thought it was absolutely astounding. And uh, I just purchased it recently on Blu-ray. Um, I really like that movie a lot. Yeah. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. It's a it's sense of texture and visually I, or narratively. Literally and metaphorically throughout the film is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh by which I mean everything from like the feeling of sunshine to the way the wind catches like a button-down shirt that is actually only buttoned like three buttons are buttoned in total. Or the feeling of being on a bicycle, or the feeling of stepping in cold water. Oh wow! This movie, have you seen it? No. Oh, it's 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 just really phenomenal from a production standpoint. It is just incredible, and the script is mind blowing, and it is just like it is a really wonderful story that is in no way, although it has some really heart wrenching moments, it is no way predicated on breaking your heart that or trying to amazing. hurt you. Because I've actually, so I don't know hardly anything about it because I've willfully avoided learning about it because I've heard it's very good and it yeah, seems fair. like the sort of thing I'd like. But I have also kind of been reticent to watch it because I feel like I'm scared it will hurt me and end in a sad way. Oh, no. it's, it's but a, That's also because I don't know yeah. anything about it. It's about it's just a movie about first love. and But you it know, doesn't go bad. Spoiler, 
first love is difficult for oh, everybody. See, that, now, see now, now I'm back in. Oh no. Well, I mean, what, what do you, what do you, do you miss your high school girlfriend or like? No, no. But I mean, there's just something about that emotional experience. I'm not sure I'm ready for right now. It's a powerful emotional experience, but I would say that this is an overwhelmingly positive film insofar as it is mostly from the point of view of a of a a teenage boy, but. Um, and I don't think this is this is definitely not a spoiler, but his parents are are such supportive characters and in their own way lend a level of perspective to the film that even though this is from his perspective, they lend a larger kind of expansive mm-hmm. perspective to the film that things that are powerful and legitimately, you know, things that we went through that broke our hearts at the time, we have more... The film doesn't go in. It's not manip- manipulative whatsoever. That's great. It is. It is. It is a really excellently told love story, but it's also just like from a production's point of view, it is so gorgeously shot. It is. It's. It's really well written. The line. The, the actors are phenomenal. It's. It's just a. It's. A, it's such a wonderful movie, and it is a movie that. Um. I mean, I rarely rewatch movies unless they are probably in like my top twenty favorite movies of all time. Otherwise, I just, why would I rewatch a movie? Right, it's a waste of time. Soon we'll all be dead. And I, when this came out, I immediately got it like on one day shipping through Amazon because Target, the Target by my work, was out of it. <laughs> um, and I just, and I was like, I want to watch it tonight. I need to watch it tonight. And I watched it, and it was just, it's, it's, it's such a a satisfying place to be spirited away to for a short amount of time. And also just such a wonderfully told story. Oh, that's such a glowing review. Yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it to literally anyone. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to finally see it. Um, what is your, what is your thing other than video games? Uh, my thing, monster hunter world. Yeah. (laughs) Living in a fantasy world. Um, my thing, I guess, uh, is playing the guitar which is something that always brings me a lot of joy and has brought me a lot of joy since high school. Some might say is my first love. <laughs> Call me by your string. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's such texture. Truly, though. Uh, but your parents always had a wider perspective and knew it would bring you nowhere. Yeah, they weren't wrong. Um, I I really like playing the guitar, and every once in a while, I it's not that I ever stop doing it, but every once in a while, I rediscover how much I enjoy it and what a pure unadulterated just pleasant part of my life it is and how it requires so little thought and I very occasionally will have this moment which I had yesterday where it's just like oh this is a thing I do that other people don't do and it boggles my mind that it's like it's such a natural and I'm not like great at the guitar or anything but it's just such a natural part of my existence to be like oh yeah sometimes I play the guitar and it's just super pleasant that I often take it for granted that it's a thing that I practiced at and did many, many hours so that I could get to this point. And occasionally I'm just reminded of how much I just purely love it. And I recently got, and this is about to get a little inside baseball. Go for it. But I got a guitar pedal, uh, the Big Muff Pie Op Amp Edition, which is a uh, reissue of the pedal Billy Corgan used to record Siamese Dream. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins album that has a very distinctive guitar sound that I would call formative. Uh, This is a new version of this pedal that replicates an old version of that pedal, and it sounds awesome. And so yesterday, I just spent some time playing the guitar and hearing it sound 
the way I always wished it would sound in high school really brought me back and just reignited, made me, uh, I guess, appreciative for something that I often take for granted. So if you play an instrument or if you don't, if you just have some hobby that's creative that you feel like is a part of yourself that you don't really think about as an active skill that you hone, but rather just an extension of your being, take a moment and recognize that it's a thing that you practice and that it's a thing that's special because you do it. Because, man, it's so exciting to be alive sometimes. Well said. Thanks. Also, if you want to hear Bob play the guitar, you can just rewind this episode to the very beginning, and that's him. I might re-record it with this new pedal. <laughs> that would be really... If you did like a Siamese Dream version <laughs> of our it already song, It already kind of is. tries to be that, but I have a lot of issues with electrical outlets in my home, so everything just sounds bad, and I have to use computer distortion. Yeah, you do live in a 16th century yeah, convent. Right. It's a weird choice on my part, but yeah. it helps the creative process. Also, if you uh, rate and review us on iTunes, Bob will write you a song. Yes, I actually... You know what? If you rate and review us on iTunes, write your name, social security number, and one of your credit card numbers in the review. I will write you a song. Promise. I guarantee it. Promises.